Hello and welcome to episode 16 of Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I'm Olivia. I'm Gabby. And I'm Chris. And today we will be discussing Catelyn chapter 3 in A Game of Thrones, so make sure you have read the chapter before listening. So the news that I have for you today, it's on some unfortunate news. Um, so the wolf dog named Yuri, uh, Yuki, excuse me, um, who was made famous on Game of Thrones final season, has unfortunately passed away after 10 years of being at a wolf sanctuary. Aww. Now, it doesn't say in the article what wolf they played for the direwolves, but I would guess from the looks that it's Nymeria. I was going to say, it looks like either Nymeria or Lady. Yeah. Um, it said that uh, Yuki, who was 13, um, died, uh, unfortunately, of blood cancer, mm. um, and he was diagnosed with that for a while. Uh, but some interesting things is Inside Edition actually did a thing on Yuki uh, well before this, and they came to the conclusion of, of the DNA test for Yuki. Yuki is... 87.5% gray wolf, oh my. 8.6% Siberian husky, and 3.9% German shepherd. So that's how they look so big in the show. Yeah, the pictures that are on here of Yuki is absolutely massive. I mean, oh my gosh. He is a big dog. I'll have to post the article because, wow. <laughs> well, he's not really a dog. I guess he's 87.5% wolf, so he really is a wolf. Yeah, for um, sure. But he looks like he's... Uh, you know, rest in peace, Yuki. Looks yeah. like he was a good boy. Oh. So, that's too bad. So sad. Okay, for the Martin message, um, he did write a blog post November 8th, and it was titled Back in Westeros. So, that means that he is continuing his work on the Winds of Winter. Yes. Thank goodness. Um, he said in his post, I write a chapter at a time, a page at a time, a sentence at a time, a word at a time. It is the only way and sometimes I rewrite. So he's go- he's taking his time. But, but he's getting there. But he's getting there. There's some movement. Yes. Um, he also said about his writing, he's been spending a lot of time with the Lannisters, specifically Cersei and Tyrion. Um, he said he's also paid a visit to Dorne and Old Town a few times. And he also said, I thought this was interesting, you'll have to tell me what you guys think, but it said, I tweak stuff constantly and sometimes go beyond tweaking, moving things around, combining chapters, breaking chapters into two, and reordering stuff. And he said he's also starting to rewrite stuff like old stuff. So I don't know what that means. Like from his old books, you think? Yeah, I I think he's a a perfectionist. Yeah. So he's like going back through and tweaking his other stuff that he's written. That's true. He also said that the HBO prequel House of the Dragon has been making a lot of good progress and that Ryan and Miguel, which I'm assuming are the two directors, are in London and they have begun casting. So everything is looking really exciting. Things are moving in the Game of Thrones world and I am ready for some new content. Yep, me too. That'll be exciting. So for our listener answers from last week, our first question was, why do the Lannisters never turn down a gift? Hannah said, probably greed, like you guys were saying. And Emily said, I agree with greed. They are very materialistic and put most of their value and worth in material things. Agreed. The second question was, do you think because of the two recruits and what Tyrion says, has made John second guess his decision to join the Night's Watch. 
Hannah said, no, I think John is still determined to join the Night's Watch no matter what. I don't think anything anyone else would say could change his mind because he's so done with his current status as a bastard. It probably made him more aware of the reality of what he's getting into, but he has a different reason than most for joining the Night's Watch, so I don't think anything could sway his decision. Yeah, and I think that's what Chris and I were saying last week. And then Emily said, maybe for a split second, but I think he has his mind made up and he's basically placed his whole identity in the Night's Watch. There's no turning back for him at this point, no matter what anyone says. I like that about placing his whole identity in the Night's Watch. He's kind of already established himself as a Night's Watchman and it would be too much to give up now. And the last question is, why do you think Tyrion is brash in the way he talks about subjects with people? a.k.a. John in this situation. Hannah said, I don't think Tyrion feels like he owes anyone any kind of sugarcoating because he's never received treatment like that. Also, he probably doesn't feel like it's doing anyone any good to talk about subjects. Plus, I just think it's part of who he is. His mind is too sharp and to not be straightforward. Yep, sounds like Tyrion. Mm -hmm. And then Emily says, because he's blunt and doesn't care what people think. His whole life, he's had to teach himself not to care. He also probably recognizes it is not productive to John to beat around the bush or try to put things nicely. It won't do him any good. Yep. Thank you guys for the answers. Keep them coming. Yep. Uh, Last episode, we were with Tyrion as he's traveling north to the Wall. He talks a lot with Jon Snow as Jon's kind of starting to realize what kind of men are actually heading to join the Night's Watch and, like, what kind of men are already there. Mm -hmm. Today, we're in Winterfell. An unexpected guest shows up. Catelyn gets a cut and a wolf has a snack. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That was a good summary. (laughs) The wine for tonight, it's a red, and it's 19 Crimes. Um, It's a 2019 red wine. I'm a little nervous. It's a better year than 2020. Uh, well, that's a fact. <laughs> that's not hard to do. Nope. <laughs> Setting the bar real low. I'm a little nervous because reds, reds are hard for me. It's very dark. It's like coffee dark. It is. It looks thick. Looks, almost. yeah. All right, we'll see. That's strong. That is some bitter wine. This, okay, is not sound weird. This wine would taste really good with, like, cheese. Yeah. Or red meat. Yeah. Yeah. Steak. Steak. Yeah. It's not, I mean, I don't hate it. It's not bad. It, it burns would, a little bit. It would bit. pair nicely. <laughs> like, we're fancy steak, wine connoisseurs over here. steak and some cheese. Oh, my God. Maybe some crackers. But, yeah, so, Do it I mean, that. you'll see why that we chose that mm-hmm. wine for tonight. Yep. All right. So, at this point, Ned and the girls have been gone for eight days traveling to King's Landing. Catelyn has been in Bran's room that whole time and has not left once because she's scared that if she does leave, he will die or get, like, or his condition will worsen. So, as she's in her, in her feels here... Maester Lewin comes in to discuss figures and other Winterfell business with Catelyn, like the costs of the royal visit. Catelyn says 
she doesn't want to discuss this and says, I have no need to look at figures, Maester Lewin. I know what the visit costs. Take the books away. But Lewin kind of pushes back and is like, I insist the royal family and their people had a very healthy appetite. <laughs> to say um, the least. Yeah, to say the least, in many different ways. She says, and she's just like, just let the steward look at it. I don't want to deal with this right now. But then Lewin reminds her that they don't have a steward because he went with um, Ned to King's Landing. And she's like, oh, must have forgotten. Like, she seems very absent right now. Yeah. Just not with it. Yeah. And it says that instead of thinking about all the stuff that Lewin keeps bringing up, she's thinking about, hmm, maybe I should move Bran's bed to the window so he can get more sun. So clearly... The only thing on her mind right now is her son. Yeah. I don't blame mm-hmm. her, but... But at the same time... Yeah. Other things need attention, too. Right. So, Maester Lewin continues to be persistent and says that um, they need a new master of horse and a new um, steward, along with a lot of other appointments because we have a bunch of vacant positions. People left. Right. Yeah. With Ned. And Catelyn kind of snaps at Maester Lewin here, and she goes, A maester of horse? My son lies here broken and dying, Lewin, and you wish to discuss a new master of horse? Do you think I care what happens in the stables? Do you think it matters to me one bit? I would gladly butcher every horse in Winterfell with my own hands if you would open Bran's eyes. Do you understand that? Do you? And Lewin starts to respond, and then Rob enters the room and cuts Lewin off and says... I will take care of all the matters. Don't worry about it. Kat did not realize he was there at first. And then she had become very aware that she was just shouting at Lewin and felt instant shame and regret and said she was so tired and her head hurt all the time she didn't know how to react. Probably because you haven't slept in almost two weeks. That's probably what's going on. You know, that's just my, my guess, you know. Lewin then told Rob he had prepared a list of those that they should consider to fill the various vacant positions. And Rob takes the list and looks at it and says, oh, yep, these are some good people. And then hands it back to Lewin and says that we'll discuss this in the morning. And then he dismisses Lewin. So Lewin leaves. And then Catelyn's kind of looking at Rob and is thinking, like, Rob has always looked like a Tully, like with like, his physical looks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when she looks at Rob now, she sees Ned in his face. And it has, like, a hard and stern look that most Northerners have. Probably because she misses Ned. That, and I think that Rob is starting to, like, step up. He's yeah. starting to be the man of the man of the house. There, yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. So, and then Rob says, Mom, like, what are you doing? What's going on? And... Cat again is upset and says, what am I doing? How can you ask that? What do you imagine I'm doing? I'm taking care of your brother. I'm taking care of Bran. And Rob says, that's what you call this? Like, just mm-hmm. sitting in here, waiting for something to happen? He points out that she has not left this room since Bran fell, and she didn't even go to say goodbye when Ned and the girls left for King's Landing. Ouch. And then she comes back and says... I, I said goodbye to them. I said goodbye to them in this room, and then I watched as they left through that window. <sighs> oh okay. <God. laughs> okay. No. And then she remembers that she had begged Ned not to leave, not after what just happened to Bran. 
and is starting to feel like kind of sick about it, like him leaving and everything. Mm-hmm. And then he, then she replies to Rob and said that she cannot leave this room, not even for a minute, because any moment might be his last. That is kind of a really dismal way to look at things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she insists that she must stay with him every second in case he does pass away. But And Rob tries to reassure her, saying, remember what Lewin said? Remember that he said, like, the greatest danger, the like, time of greatest danger has passed, meaning, like, he's not going to die, and he would have been dead by now if yeah. he were going to die. So, like, he's good. We just have to wait for his body to heal him for him to wake up. Right? Yes. And then Catelyn comes back and says, but what if Maester Lewin is wrong? Oh, yep. Yeah. And starts to worry more. Of course. And then at this point in the book, you can tell that Rob is getting so frustrated with his mom. And, but, like, at the same time, he's, like, trying to be reserved because he wants to be, like, sensitive about his mom and, like, the situation and everything. I think he's fed up. He is fed up. Yeah. He is. And he says, Rob says, Mom, Rickon needs you. He, he doesn't understand what's going on right now. And all day he just follows Rob around, clutches his leg and cries because he doesn't know what's going on. And he's afraid that everyone just left him. Like his mom is up with Bran, not taking care of anything. His sisters are gone. Yeah. His dad is gone. And all there is left is Rob. That's so sad. So, yeah. And then she goes, he goes, Mom, I need you too. I am feeling overwhelmed. I can't do all of this by myself. I don't know what else to do. And then Catelyn kind of has a realization and remembers Rob's only 14. Yeah. He's, I'm sure as hell, he is over overwhelmed with everything. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know how to lead a whole freaking, like, kingdom, basically. Yeah. The North is massive. Yeah. Like, yeah. He doesn't know what to do. I know it said in the book, too. Like, he was getting teary-eyed. Yeah. He's like, I need you. I need you, Mom. Like, like step I'm, up. I'm getting upset. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was getting upset because it's like... Yeah. He's fed up. Yep. And then at that moment, they heard Bran's wolf howl outside. So then Rob went over to the window and opened it so that Bran could hear it. Catelyn is like, oh, please stop. Please stop. Close the windows. I don't want to hear it. And then they start to hear a second wolf howl and a third. And Rob says that if you listen closely, you can tell a difference between all of them. And in the book, I think it said, like, it sounded like a song. Like, they were singing. Yeah. They were, like, harmonizing, which I thought was really cool. That's what wolves do. Yeah. Yeah. And then Catelyn says something here. She goes, night after night, the howling and the cold wind and the gray empty castle... On and on they went, never changing, and her boy lying there broken, the sweetest of her children, the gentlest, Bran, who loved to laugh and climb and dreamt of knighthood, all gone now. She would never hear him laugh again. Sobbing, she pulled her hand free of his and covered her ears against those terrible howls. If we haven't said it before, Bran is Kat's favorite yeah. kid. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell. So then, yeah, I just think it's dramatic that she said she would never hear him laugh again when they know. Well, they don't. I mean, I guess they don't know, but like, yeah, everyone's kind of saying the dangerous part is over. Yeah, will wake up. Blah blah blah. And she's refusing to believe it. Yeah, I'm wondering something here. So, we talked about like Lady Aaron before, like her sister, Mm -hmm. 
and how she... Liza? Liza, sorry. Yeah. How Liza can be, like, super emotional and and it sounds like it's like a... It's like a Tully thing. Yeah. Like, they, they take, like, grief and stuff so hard. Like, like a, yeah, way worse than anybody else, it yeah. sounds like. It sounds like she's being just like her sister in this way. Yeah. Of being like, oh, I'm not going to leave the room. I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. And not step up. Yeah. And I wonder if that's, like, if that's like a Tully thing. It might be. Like, if we see that later on, maybe, I don't know. We'll see. Then she starts yelling to make the wolves stop, and then she falls. And passes out. Yes. So, when she wakes up, she doesn't even remember falling to the floor, but she's now kind of in Rob's arms, and he's lifting her up and holding her. He's telling her not to be afraid because the wolves would never hurt Bran, and tells her that she needs to go to sleep. But needs sleep. Yeah, but of course, she just kind of continues crying and is over and over again saying, what if he dies while I sleep, and... Rob's just kind of trying to comfort her, and she says, Can you shut the window? Because I can't stand to hear the howling any longer. And Rob says he will only shut the window if she promises him that she will go to sleep. (laughs) So when Rob goes over to shut the window, he hears the wolves howling, but also notices that all of the dogs are barking, and he kind of says that they've never done that before. And he kind of whispers to himself when he realizes um, that there's a fire. So. I wonder if that's like that was another thing that I noticed in the book. I wonder if he's it's like con, constraint. I mean like fire. Instead yeah. of being yeah, like in the fire! book the book it said like he kind of like like yeah. caught yeah. his breath in his throat and was like fire. Like yeah, he was so scared. Because he also knows that he has to be the one to solve yeah. the problem. He's the one that has to <laughs> yeah. deal with it. Yeah. Because he's number one in charge now. So yep. So, the library tower is on fire. Catelyn kind of sighs with relief when she hears it's in the library. Library? And not in the tower that they were in. Because she knows that Bran will be safe from the fire. So, clearly, every, the only yeah, thing on her I, mind is Bran. Wow. Yep. I just... Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. There Rob kind of burning in there. Yeah. But yep. Bran's and, like, safe. all the books and stuff. <laughs> Rob looks at her as if she's gone mad and tells her to stay here and that he'll come back when the fire is out and leaves the room. Cat walks over to the window and says a silent prayer of thanks to the seven faces of gods as she's watching the smoke in the sky and the flames surrounding the tower. And for a moment, she's kind of thinking about all the books that are going to be lost that the um, Starks have collected over the years. Mm -hmm. And she's like, eh, that sucks, but... At least Bran's safe. Yeah, whatever. And a couple of those books are safe because Tyrion has them. Yeah, there you go. He took a couple up north of them. That's true. And then as she turns to walk away from the window, she sees a man in the room with her. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Would that be the unexpected guest? Yes. Oh, I think so. The man kind of says, not kind of, the man says. <laughs> not kind of, he actually you does. <laughs> you weren't supposed to be here and no one was supposed to be here. The man was small, dirty, was in dirty brown clothing, and stank of horses. Horse stank. Yeah, that's kind of gross. Catelyn kind of thought to herself that maybe he worked in the stables, but she knew everybody, and she didn't recognize him, so she was kind of like, mm, something's off. Something's not right. He had limp, blonde hair, he was pale, and he had deep, sunken eyes with a bony face, and he held a dagger in his hand. So Catelyn looks at the knife and then looks at Bran and whispers, No! (laughs) And the man tells her that it's a mercy because he's already dead. Wow. 
So he's there to kill Bran. Bran, yes. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. Catelyn tries to run to the window to yell for help, but the man just moves too fast and already managed to clamp his hand over her mouth, yank her hair back, and pull the dagger up to her neck. So Cat reaches up with both of her hands and grabs the dagger and pulls it away from her throat. So she's literally gripping the blade. With both hands. I mean... I mean, if you had a choice... No, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. No, but I know, but I'm saying that's still thinking about painful. it because I'm sitting here, like, touching my hands and they're not, my fingers aren't thick. You no. know what I mean? Like, that would be. It uh, would not be that, yeah. Uh, uh, not be that hard to. Yeah, that's yeah. just, oh, that freaks me out. Her fingers start getting slippery with blood and that kind of caused, that caused her to have to clench her hands tighter around the blade. And she felt, as she clenched her hands tighter, she felt the hand on her mouth clenching tighter as well. So she bites down on his hand and grinds her teeth together and tears at him. So she obviously takes... Bit his hand. Yeah, takes like a bite out of his hand. And she feels her mouth fill with blood. After he let go, she screams and the man grabs her hair and pulls her away from him. And Catelyn's laying on the ground at this point, and the man's just looking over her and again says that she wasn't supposed to be there. So, I mean, at this point, I'm thinking that we know or we're assuming that the fire was supposed to be a distraction, a distraction for somebody to come kill Bran. Right. He th- they thought everybody was going to leave the room and go to the library tower, but mm-hmm. obviously Cat didn't. <laughs> Spoiled the plans. Yeah. Um, so Catelyn all of a sudden hears a low rumble, and when she watches the man turn and she follows his gaze, she sees Bran's dire wolf leaping at him, and the wolf bites the man's throat and wrenched his head back and takes out half of the man's throat. Oh my god. Wolf snack. Yeah. So the man's blood came down like rain all over the room. Man, that's from the throat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean it's gross. Yeah, but yeah. Um, Catelyn turns and like thanks the wolf in like a really quiet whisper, um, and the wolf is licking up the blood on her hands, which I think is cute. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then the wolf jumps up onto the bed with Bran and lays down. Aww. So we like the wolf we stand like, his wolf. Sorry, I wasn't here fast. Yeah, we stand his wolf. Cat bursts into hysterical laughter after that, which I think is, I don't want to laugh, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny. Um, And at that moment, Rob, Maester Lewin, and Sir Roderick all burst in with half of the guards of Winterfell. Um, Once she stops laughing, they wrap her up in some blankets and they lead her out to her own bedchambers. Finally. Finally. I I just want to say, can you just imagine... Like, Rob and everyone walking in to see your mom, like, hysterically laughing, but there's, like, freaking blood everywhere. She's covered in blood. There's a man yeah. with his throat ripped out, yep. and then the dire wolf's just chilling on the bed. Her yep. hands, like, Blood mangled. all over his face, yeah. and yeah. mom's laughing hysterically. Yeah. What happened? And they happened? just walk her down what the happened? room. <laughs> Come on. I was gone for, like, ten minutes. <laughs> Jeez. Um, so once they're in her bedchambers, um, old Nan is dressing her, undressing her and bathing her. Um, and then Lewin comes in to dress her wounds. And her wounds were her hands and fingers were cut 
were deep cuts that were almost to the bone, which <laughs> is, that's what I'm saying. I mean, just sit there and put your thumb yeah. to the uh, inside of your middle knuckle or it's not a lot. And, like, feeling that, there's not much there to, no. for it to uh-huh. cut through. No. Nope. Oh, that just freaks me out. Um, and then her scalp was raw and bleeding from where he had pulled out a chunk of her hair. Jeez. Ugh. That just... It was a brawl. Ow. That just sounds horribly painful. Lewin gives her some milk of the poppy, and then she sleeps for four days. Finally. She's opiates. Finally some sleep. This is what she all she needed to get into. Yes. yes. She just needed Literally, nap. she just needed a nap. She just needed a nap. Um, makes me think of that vine. I take a nap. Good night. I take a nap right here. She needs a nap. <laughs> um, when she wakes up, she asks her servants to bring her some bread and honey, um, and to get Maester Lewin to change her bandages. Um, and Kat kind of sits there remembering how she was acting before she got her like rest. A crazy yeah. person? Yes. And she was deeply ashamed. Yeah. Yeah, I think the moment that she wakes up to, you're like, when she asks for food. Yeah. She's not asking to go see Bran. She's asking for food. Yep. So, so she she's needed, finally yeah. kind of... Being like, I need to take care of me. Leveled out. I need to take care of me. Yeah, <laughs> for exactly. For a second, yeah. yeah. So she felt that if she let her family down and her house down. And she kind of tells herself that it would not happen again. She would show these northerners how strong a Tully of River Run could be. Yeah. And ladies and gentlemen, she's back. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm back, bitches. She's um back. Rob, Roderick, Theon, and Hallis Mullen, a guardsman, then come into the room. And Catelyn's asking who the man that attacked them was. Mm-hmm. And Hallis says that no one knows his name. He wasn't from Winterfell, but people said that he had seen him around the castle the past few weeks. So Cat kind of thinks that it's one of the king's men or it's a Lannister. Because they could have just, like, stayed back. Yeah. Like, after they left and just yeah. hid. He, he did have blonde hair. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think anyone would recognized him though like even no i'm just saying like she said oh it could be a kingsman or it could be a lannister and then you're like well he does have blonde hair i don't i don't personally i don't think it was a lannister but we'll get into that later yeah theon then says that the man had been hiding in the stables and cat is wondering why he went unnoticed for so long and hallis just says that since lord eddard left um most of the stalls have been empty since he took all the horses with him (laughs) Um, and Hallis says Hodor might have seen him and that Hodor has been acting strange lately. Oh. They also say that they found where he was sleeping. Um, the stranger? The stranger, and they found a leather bag that had 90 silver stags in it. Um, and Catelyn's, I don't know where she's getting this sense of humor, but she says, she's like saying several jokes with this stuff. She goes, well, at least my son's life wasn't cheap. That's dark humor. <laughs> That's pretty dark humor. Yeah, she's got a couple of them. Yeah. Um, and so then the men are kind of asking, like, okay, so... Because she's like, they obviously... He was trying to kill Bran. And they're like, why would anyone want to kill a sleeping kid? He's just a child. And he's seven years old. And Catelyn then looks to Rob and goes, you're the one that's going to be in charge of Winterfell here. Mm-hmm. You, are be, you need to answer that question yourself. You're asking me the question of why would they want to kill Bran? You need to answer the question yourself. So as Rob like is kind of like thinking about it, he's like, why would they want to kill a child? 
She's like trying to get him to have like some strategical mind here. <laughs> um, so the servants return with all the food. Um, and it's like tons more food than what she asked for. Because she just asked for bread and honey. Um, and she doesn't have an appetite, which is completely understandable. Yeah. Um, but Maester Lewin comes in as well. And so the first thing she says to Maester Lewin is like, what's the update on Bran? And Maester Lewin says there's no change. Which is exactly what Kat expected. Mm-hmm. And then she looks to Rob and goes, okay, do you have an answer yet? Because mm-hmm. to your own question that you asked me. And Rob answers with, well, someone didn't want him to wake up because of something that he knows or has seen, and they don't want him to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And ding, Catelyn ding, goes, ding. very good, Rob. Like, yep. you know, bingo. Now you're thinking like, you got uh, it. like a leader here. Um, and then they start to discuss, okay, well, obviously someone came to kill Bran, so we got to we got to have some guards on duty. So then Cat again, puts this on Rob and is like, okay, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. And so Rob's like, obviously, we're going to have a guard in the room 24-7 now that is never going to re- leave Bran's side. We're going to have guards outside guarding him. And the wolf does not get to stay with with Bran. Mm-hmm. And Cat, this is the first time that Cat is like, I completely agree. Well, because she saw firsthand what the wolf does for yeah, Bran. exactly. Now she's completely changed her, okay, the yeah. wolf will protect Bran no matter what. Yeah. So she changes up her, her attitude on that. Then Sir Roderick asks Catelyn, like, did you notice anything about the blade that was used? And Catelyn goes, well, I didn't see the blade, but I felt it. <laughs> so it's another dark yeah. thing where things like, I didn't see it, but it was in my hand. <laughs> like in my skin. Um, so no. My flesh. No, Sir Roderick, I didn't get the chance to take a look at it. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, man. Um, <laughs> I was busy. But Sir Roger kind of drops a bomb A bomb here. He's like, it was a Valerian steel blade, which we already know. Very when rare. We talked about Valerian steel before. It's super rare. Yeah. And that the hilt, the handle was dragon bone. Hmm. So this is like some like high, high class end, weaponry high here. High end shit here. Valerian steel and dragon bone. So it's not some like random dude off the street that was like, I'm just going to kill this kid. Yeah. So... And it's not something that an ordinary assassin would have, is basically what Roderick was saying. And Catelyn then tells Rob to close the door, because she's like, all right, war room time, basically. Um, So she closes the door, and she asks for their fealty. She says, I need you to put your oaths on that what I'm going to tell you doesn't leave this room. Um, And so they all say, yes, of course. Um, Then she lets them in on all the stuff with her sister and how there's this rumor going around that the Lannisters had Lord Aaron mm-hmm. killed the hand of the king. Yep. And so Rob's like starting to get a little pissed off. He's They're like, like yeah, starting to put up. all the pieces of the puzzle together. Exactly. Um and then she goes, You know that during that hunt, Jamie Lannister didn't leave, right? He didn't go to the hunt. Ooh. And they're Jamie. like they're like, wait, what? Hmm. They're like, no, he never left Winterfell during that hunt. He was here. And at the end of that hunt, Bran was on his back. So, mm-hmm. um, and so Rob quickly jumps, like, <laughs> Rob quickly jumps on it and he's like, I'm going to kill all of them. And he pulls his sword <laughs> and he starts waving it around. Chill. And it's funny, Sir Roderick, like, immediately puts him in his place because he's the master at arms. He's like, don't pull a sword unless you plan to use it. Yeah. And the Lannisters are hundreds of miles away. 
Like, what are you going to do right now? And Rob's yeah. like, and he puts it back in his sheath. Like, he says like, merp. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, embarrassed. You know, it, it, and they even said in the book, it's like, Rob quickly goes from, like, head man back to child. Yeah. Like that. In a second. Yeah. Um, so, Sir Roderick, uh, so after all these allegations, um, Sir Roderick also, like, and Master Lewin, they kind of say, okay, well, this is these are some serious allegations. allegations. That's the queen's brother you're talking about, and not only her brother, her beloved brother. I like yeah. that they said that. Um, so, you you know, that's hard to just be like, you can't, you can't just, just throw like, that out there. Yeah, I was going to say, you can't just throw that out there willy-nilly. Yeah. Especially when you're talking about the royal family. Exactly. Um, and your, you know, your husband is the hand of the king. Um, so... <clears throat> She quickly says, you know, Ned is heading right now to the snake pit. So, I mean, he's, go- he- he's going to King's Landing with all the Lannisters right now. So this is something that he needs to be aware of that just happened. So Ned happened. needs to be... Con- you know, we just yeah. put two and two together and Ned's not here to, to get the answer. Yeah. So, um, and she says that if this is true, if these allegations are true... Then we're gonna need every sword in Winterfell ready to go. Yeah. And at this point, um, Theon kneels before her and is like, "You, you, um, my house owes you a great debt, and we will repay our debt to the Starks." Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's like, "Thanks, you know." I yeah. Didn't say we needed it right now, but you know. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. I understand. It's good. Um, so then they discuss like somebody needs to go tell Ned about this. Yeah. It needs to happen. And Rob's like, well, I'll go. And Kat goes, no, there must always be a Stark in Winterfell. We had heard that before. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so Rob's out. And Kat like, looks around the room and she's like, well, I clearly have to be the one to go. Mm-hmm. And Sir Roderick jumps in and is like, well, you're not going to go alone. Because it's a really dangerous place for you to just be traveling right. by yourself down the Especially King's Road. Especially if there's people out to kill Starks. Right, that we know of right now. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and and so Roderick goes, "I'm gonna go with you, and we'll take the King's Road." And Cat goes, "Nope, we're not gonna take the King's Road." So they come up with this whole plan to go rent a ship or something. Yeah, and yeah. their whole plan at the end is like, "We're gonna beat them to King's Landing if mm-hmm. we do this plan," which is kind of crazy. It's kind of brilliant. <laughs> it's brilliant. Yeah, we'll just beat Ned there, yeah. and then I don't know. I think that's kind of. That's where the chapter ends. All right. But they they gotta go warn Ned. Man, that was that was an intense chapter. Yeah. Yeah, and already you know we're starting to see some some bubbling up of some tensions here. Yeah. Clearly, because someone think this just tried is to when, kill Bran twice. I was gonna say this is when things get interesting. Yeah. Yes. Like this is I things feel like this is the turning up. point. Yes. Yeah. All the crazy stuff starts happening. Yeah. All right. So our questions that we have this week. First one is: Do you think that the assassin was sent by the Lannisters, or do you think, or do you think that it was maybe somebody else? Are we answering this? Like, yeah. I mean, what do you think? I mean, I, I think it was the Lannisters, obviously, because we know that it was the Queen. Yeah. And someone else that pushed Bran out of the tower. I mean, either it was either a Lannister or part of the Kingsguard. Yeah. 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 I don't know if it was the Kingsguard, though. Not Kingsguard, like, part of the King's crew. Yeah. One of them that's loyal to the but, royal family. Yes, but without, yeah. somebody from Winterfell. But I don't think that 
Robert would have that happen. Uh, maybe. He's not. He's his best friend's kid. I mean, he would do that to Targaryens in a heartbeat. You're right. We know that. You're but right. I don't think you're he right. would do it to Ned's kid. That's I mean, fair enough. And what does Bran have on? Yeah. No, you're no nope, on Robert. You know. I am eating my words. You are right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very good point. So the next question we have, did you answer? I don't know. I just I don't know who sent the assassin. I mean, maybe. Maybe. Lannisters. Could be. All signs it has to be someone that was there that came with the king. Yes. Whoever was with the queen in the tower is probably the person that sent the assassin. Well, yeah, we know it's Jamie. So we know who sent the assassin. Right. Second question is, um, would you have let the wolf stay with Bran in the first place? Yes. Yeah. If you were a cat. Yes. I think I would have too. Yes. But I think I'm just that, I'm the type, I mean, my dog sleeps in my bed. Hey, man. But he's not a dog. I cuddle my I dog every night. Still. He's, he's a, he's but he's also a very protective animal. Yeah. And is attached to Bran. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think she's also, a, I, she's a Tully. I don't know if she knows how, like, attached they are. Right. I think she just sees it as an animal. Yeah. <laughs> right. So she's like, ew, it's a dirty wolf. I'll put it in here with the kid that's sick. Ah, uh, cat. Um, and the third question is, do you think Rob is showing potential in being the top dog now that Ned is gone? Yes, but I think he still has some growing to do. 100% agree. That's what I was going to say. Yep. I think that the growing part has to be with his anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, pulling out his sword. Oh, I'm going to kill him. Well, they're nowhere near here, Rob. Yeah. So. <laughs> like, what are you going to actually do? Yeah, you're going to run right out and get here. on your horse and ride <laughs> hundreds of miles and go find him? No. <laughs> You know, he just got to, you know, check himself. Right. But those are our discussion questions. So Sweet. Make sure you leave answers for those. All right. So, guys, um, for the month of November, we are going to be doing a free sticker giveaway. Woo! Yay! Yay, okay. stickers. So, here's what you got to do to enter. So, you're going to first head over to Apple Podcasts and write us a review. And then go follow us on all of our social media. On Twitter, we are Game of Wines 1, Instagram, Game of Wines 1, and then on Facebook, Game of Wines, A Song of Ice and Fire podcast. Then you're going to take screenshots of your review and your um, follows. Just make sure the picture has that, like, you're following us on it. And then put those all in an email to gameofwines1 at gmail.com, along with your address, and we will send you a free sticker. Woo! Just for doing a couple things on your phone. Oh, free! Um, you guys have about, I think, two more weeks, two more weeks to do it, because we will be stopping this at the, on the last episode of November, so two more weeks. Yes. Make sure you get those in, and that's it. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week.